So this is iPhone Effect. This is, I guess, number six in this series. So the other thing that happened, the other effect that the iPhone had is how it changed uh, really <clears throat> uh, tech in business. Now, the, when the iPhone was launched, uh, the usage of wireless internet went up like 8,000% and AT&T literally crashed. <clears throat> now, uh, the thing that was different about the iPhone is that, you know, in two, this is only 10 years ago, in 2007, you know, when you went to work, uh, you used a company-supplied computer and you, you used company software. And this is a device that you owned that you brought into work that oftentimes would, it just changed what you could do and where you could do it. <clears throat> really the mobility as a platform, <clears throat> you know, we did, you weren't chained to your desk anymore. There was a convergence of, uh, of communication platforms. You've got a phone, you've got internet access, you know, it, it's it's wireless, which, <laughs> I mean, there was the BlackBerry. Let's not forget that there was the BlackBerry. But there was, it was, you could get a lot more done with the iPhone than you could with the BlackBerry. So it became this productivity tool. You're, and you're able to, to connect and get things done in a way that had never, we'd never seen before. In one of the early series, I talked about how I had done some coaching using an app that would record an MP3, put it up to a server, and notify uh, the person I shared it with on the other end that had an iPhone of uh, the MP3, could download it, and we could talk in a time-shifted manner because he was in the UK, I was in Canada. So it really worked from a, from a coaching perspective because he could do it in his prime time and I could do it in my prime time. It worked really quite well. But I was an early adopter because I had been playing around with uh, something called a, a personal digital assistance, a PDA <clears throat> at the time and it was awesome. I had this, it was this uh, little device that would fit in my pocket, had a physical keyboard, it wasn't the Blackberry <clears throat> and uh, uh, had a monochrome screen but I could make notes on it and stuff like that. It was awesome. It was great. <clears throat> and then uh, I was—I had ordered the the tools to be able to the the hardware to be able to back it up on my computer, and then somehow because of my overuse of the device, the batteries gave out and poof, all my data was gone. It was absolutely crushing because I had my whole life in there. My my complex calendar. My calendar was in there, and that was have, being able to have an electronic calendar, make electronic notes, was huge. And so, with the iPhone, because of the way the iPhone worked, the original iPhone, this was this groundbreaking. It came on automatically synced through iTunes and backed up your phone. You know, as, as much as we take that for granted, we now do it wirelessly through the cloud into iCloud. The phone gets backed up. It's, I can't tell you how significant it was. In the next series, I'm going to be talking about the specific shifts that 
the iPhone has introduced in terms of how uh, software is now mainstream and the, how the, the convergence of that software, how we can uh, digest and, cre and create serialized content on the iPhone, connect with one another on social networks. And the, anyways, I'll, uh, I just thought I'd give you a bit of a brief intro in terms of what the iPhone effect number seven is going to contain. So, what is your experience with the iPhone? What has been, what's the, your greatest, what, what do you appreciate most about the iPhone? And what do you find is the greatest, the greatest challenge for you currently? Call in. So the other thing that isn't talked about very much is the effect that the iPhone had on work-life balance. The fact that they had, you know, if you look at what we have today, you know, from t in 2007, the ability for people to have their email in their pocket, to be able to get email on a mobile basis, to uh, the whole uh, text messaging, uh, easy text messaging rather, I mean, certainly Palm, and and BlackBerry uh, Rim uh, company, they you know they had very capable machines with physical keyboards, but this was a touchscreen, and it truly was uh, a revolution because now you had uh, a very capable uh, device, uh, and you know the very first iPhone compared to what we have today, <laughs> nobody would put up with with uh, how the technology worked. Because when, when the iPhone first launched, it didn't have an app store. You couldn't install applications on it. Apple changed that very quickly and came up with, the, with their programming software suite, I forget what the heck they called it, Xcode, uh, to be able to uh, develop your... Uh, to, they created this specific app to develop apps for the iPhone. That's when things, that's really when the, the shoe really dropped for, for uh, Microsoft and other people because <clears throat> they, they really forced the evolution. The other effect that happened in business was just the ramping up of manufacturing in China in terms of when you look at the fact that this phone, it had a GPS device in it, it had GPS radio in it, you know, it had an accelerometer, uh, a lot of things that uh, were built in that device that we totally take for granted, were totally new. And the, the amount of manufacturing that had to scale up to support the iPhone was significant. And because of that, China has a very mature uh, technology manufacturing, uh, IT manufacturing capability on a whole level that everybody like Google with the Android and you know and Windows Phone have really enjoyed, and uh, that Apple really paved the way. And let's just you know bring one other thing uh, into view here: is you know on specs alone, you probably wouldn't have bought the very first uh, iPhone and spent five hundred dollars U.S. to get it, because the uh, it just was. It's on specs today. It just even then it wasn't really that great. Two megapixel camera, that sort of thing. I mean, it was that was the current 
slightly aging camera technology, but it had a two megapixel camera, and the best pe best camera is the one you got with you at the time, and most people are always going to have their phone with them. But that's really an interesting part, because the really interesting part is how Apple, you know, Apple's ability to market and promote and create energy and anticipation in the marketplace and then continue to execute in terms of marketing is really what, in those early days, is was really, that was the game changer in terms of how, you know, Apple is still a marketing machine, uh, even though Steve Jobs isn't there, but there's nobody that can do a, a keynote and a stage presentation quite like Steve Jobs. Now, the other aspect is iPhone effect number eight, cameras, digital cameras. The iPhone and digital and uh, camera equipped phones has totally transformed the point and shoot um, tele, uh, photography market. By 2010, the, it, by 2010, the iPhone and Android as well came on stream about 2008, I believe, with uh, a smartphone with a camera, and it totally decimated the point and and shoot camera market doesn't exist anymore. And I was just looking at some statistics. Something like in 20 in in 2017, more pictures are taken in a year now than were taken in history. Now that's significant because the, the, the quality of the camera in, in our current smartphones is outstanding. And again, the best phone is the, phone, is the best camera is the camera you have with, with you at the time, which is why small point-and-shoot cameras were very popular. I used to carry one. And for a while, with the iPhone, I carried one for a while because the specs on the point-and-shoot were better, but it was a lot clunkier, and it wasn't Internet-connected. So there you go. The whole, the whole camera industry has been dis, you know, disrupted significantly. We, we can edit. We have significant editing tools uh, that we can do on the iPhone and on our iPads. And on other smartphones, you know, let's not forget about the Google Pixel, and and now Google's created its own phone. It's it's very significant that the ability to take a photo, to do to document things, to capture the story of your life through photography and video, and now a streaming video, now a live streaming video on a mobile device via Facebook, via Periscope, is very, very significant. So these mobile devices, the, the billion devices that Apple has sold in the last decade, <clears throat> is pretty darn significant. So what about your, how has your camera usage changed? Hey, what's up, Greg? I'm really enjoying your station, talking about the iPhone. You know what? I used to be a beach body coach. Used to is the key word. I'm not a coach anymore. But for the first, I would say, two two years 
I actually d worked my business strictly off my phone. I didn't want to use a computer because then I'd get sucked into a vortex and then I wouldn't, you know, tend to my family. So I did it all on my phone. I made my graphics to invite people or to share things on my phone. I would add people to challenge groups on Facebook from my phone. I would um, make videos or take pictures that I'm posting on social media on my phone. And I would also do the email thing all on my phone it was crazy so yeah I totally agree with the whole work-life balance that is for sure um, an effect that I've definitely felt like first hand intentionally because I was like I wanted to see how it would be to work that business strictly just off my phone hey not safe for work Wow, oh, that's fantastic thank you for calling in first of all and uh, nice to meet you and that's very, very interesting to me. Isn't that interesting? So I'm really curious about the work-life balance because I can really relate to what you're saying in terms of the work-life balance. As a writer and a creator, one of the challenges is I get I would get the inspiration and I'd quickly want to jot it down and write it down while with the iPhone always in my pocket, I'm able to quickly capture it and rather than lose it and with apps like just press record i can speak it and it's saved and transcribed and i can reuse it and repurpose it so the the tools we have at our disposal to truly run our businesses and to have that work-life balance to be able to get things done get it done efficiently and like you say i mean the thousands of hours i spent trapped in front of my computer you know as opposed to you know but there's a balance, you know, it's time to do work at the computer. And, but the end, having the phone uh, with me all the time does create the balance. I can capture the information, but it also creates a challenge because it also means that the people around me, the people I'm with, they also have to adapt because now I'm interrupting whatever we're doing together to capture that, uh, to capture that. And so, plus... You know, the, I think the key aspect, if if I'm hearing it properly, I'm guessing that you're or a mom and you're you're busy and you're able to do your business, run your business from wherever you happen to be at any particular time. So there's a whole sense of freedom. I think there's a whole significant sense of freedom that we gain by being mobile by being able to do what we need to do on the road, on our terms, where we want to do it, when we want to do it, and why we want to do it. Because, you know, inspiration hits, or you've got a few minutes in between meetings, or, you're, uh, or you just want to catch up with, with somebody and get it dealt with rather than have it nag you. And what I find for myself is I have a lot less lists and things to do because I am actually my things to do are all about planning my books not so much about managing my life anymore because I can deal with what I need to deal with when I need to deal with it and connect with the people I need to connect with whenever I need to in almost any different audio video text there's so many different ways visually so many different ways we can do it uh, it really has been a real uh, productivity tool it's also created a significant challenge because we're always on uh, and I've had I just recently 
I took a one week break away from social media just because it just I needed a break. It's just too much trying to juggle everything and too much and just with all the some of the emotional stuff that people bring up. But anyways, that's another story. It's another conversation for another day. Thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate your feedback. And uh obviously it's working for you. And uh that, that's fantastic. Hey Greg, just listened to your iPhone Effect series and came across the digital photography bit, digital cameras uh, portion of it. Uh, I have to agree, um, cameras, camera phones or the cameras in smartphones have come a long way in the last 10 years and uh, they even rival some DSLRs. I want to bring to people's attention the uh, Nokia 1020 which had a 41 megapixel uh, camera and a 1 over 1.7 inch sensor I think it was. It was massive anyway, it was at least double the size of those found in normal smartphones like the iPhone and uh, even rivaled some compact system cameras or CSCs at the time and still to this day it probably provides the best um, image quality from a mobile or smartphone and I've always admired Nokia for doing that. I wish they would release a new uh, upgraded or updated um, phone with that same camera uh, lens and sensor but uh, I don't think we're going to be able to see that soon. Anyway, thanks. Keep up the awesome work. And uh, yeah, take care. Mike, 41 megapixel camera. Isn't that bizarre? Isn't that amazing? I mean, the whole, you know, the, the miniaturization of uh, transistors, you know, they're, they're running into um, uh, challenges. They're down to 17 nanometers in terms of uh, uh, the size of transi- transistors that they can put on a put in a in a chip now it's pretty amazing and it that miniaturization and the continual march per forward in progress in uh, co- computer technology uh, is this absolutely amazing which enables so much because so much of our photography uh, today is absolutely enhanced through the software now, never mind the fact that these, you know, what would you say, a 1.7-inch sensor? Holy moly, that's fantastic! And so, a 41-megapixel image. Do you do you have one of those cameras? That sounds like a pretty amazing camera. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this whole talking about this whole photography thing, and I, I dragged out my, I think it's a 16-megapixel. Uh, Pentax K5 camera, absolutely spectacular camera, and it. There's no question that there's still a place for uh, DSLR uh, cameras, digital, uh, you know, single lens reflex cameras. There's no question there's still a place for them, but from a point and shoot perspective, as something like 87% of the images uh, taken in the world were taken on smartphones. It's just unbelievable the amount of the impact it's had and how it's changed photography and the photo sharing sites and it's just I mean it's so amazing and the number of photos that get shared on Facebook every day is just astounding I can't remember what the number is but it's just gigantic so the iPhone effect continues to evolve the iPhone and the really the story of the iPhone is that it it was a, a collision of a number of different projects that Apple Apple had a touchscreen um, MacBook pro, uh, 
project uh, nine years ago or something, or many, a couple of years before they launched the iPhone. And they were working on a tablet, and Steve Jobs comes along and says, hey, let's make it, let's take all that and let's make it fit into something you can fit in the palm of your hand. And hence we have the iPhone. So, and it's also interesting just how angry Steve Jobs was that Microsoft beat them to the tablet. That's really what motivated him, is what some of the information is coming out now. So it's very interesting times we live in, and thanks for calling in. The other thing that I'd be remiss, I think one of the other ones I, I need to talk about is, see, breakthroughs in science lead to breakthroughs in technology, and breakthroughs in technology lead to breakthroughs in business, and we're seeing that. So the miniaturization of transistors and is significant in the progress of technology and the development of technology because they, these devices, I mean, literally the iPhone I have is, pro, is more efficient and more powerful in its ability to process video and audio than my Mac 2008 Mac Pro. It's just, it's just spectacular what, what these handheld devices can do. And so it's that miniature, it's that progressive march of scientific discoveries leading to changes in technology, which lead to changes in business, which lead to changes in our society and our behaviors. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about in future episodes is how our behaviors as human beings have changed as a result of the iPhone. Hey Greg, um, yeah, just wanted to update just a small um, detail about the Nokia Lumia 1020. Um, so it has, I said, 1 over 1.7, it's 1 over 1.5, which equates to two-thirds of an inch uh, image sensor format. Um, still gives, I think it's about 38.2 megapixels, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And I did actually have that phone a few years ago when it came out. Wish I'd held on to it just for the camera, just to simply have the, the technology. <laughs> You should check out uh, some videos and some images online of it. It's, it's pretty spectacular what they could um, put into a, a mobile phone. So going from smallest to largest, you got one over one, th one over three point two, then one over two point three, and then you've got a two third of an inch, which is the Lumia ten twenty. Then you had a one over one point two pure view, four thirds APS-C, and then full frame. Pretty amazing. Hey Greg, just uh, as you mentioned, transistors and the size of them and how they've become so small with today's technology. Um, I think it was last year scientists succeeded in creating the world's smallest transistor. Uh, they produced a switch with a working one, one nanometer gate. And if you need to put that into context, um, a human hair is around 80,000 to 100,000 nanometers wide, so you can only imagine one eighty thousandth of the width of your of your hair and unlike regular transistors you know the researchers new prototype last year was made out of silicon and the smaller size meant that we can still or they can still improve performance in integrated circuits by populating them with you know greater amounts of smaller uh, components it's an amazing uh, time that we live in yeah it's only going to get better <laughs> Hey Mike, hey, thanks for the feedback. Uh, that's great information. I heard something similar, but I didn't have it readily accessible to me when I was talking to you. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, the next, and then I think I saw an article about how they are able to take that that our DNA can actually 
hold l large amounts of, of data. And so, I don't know if I heard that right. I guess we'll turn into Androids. <laughs> Maybe Google's on to something. We'll all be droids. <laughs> uh, I may have to look into that a little further. Hey, Greg, loving your uh, stuff on the iPhone. It's amazing how much the technology has changed. Even from the first iPhone to today's iPhone, there's a lot of, that has been improved. The technology is completely different. It's a lot faster and quicker. The, the one thing that uh, you probably didn't mention is that I think when the first iPhone came out, uh, they also invented autocorrect, which has been one of those things that people either love or they hate, especially when you've been autocorrected and you look like you're typing something really well, and then you get a completely different outcome. Just thought I'd add that in, but it's been great. Thanks for sharing. Hey, Andrew, I totally forgot about that. Autocorrect. You know, you're right about that. There's, autocorrect is remarkably accurate. Now, for the typo Nazis, it's not going to be to their liking, of course. But, you know, I've totally forgot about that. I've totally taken it for granted. And autocorrect extended into Mac OS as well. But that autocorrect has really been a boon to me personally in terms of my typing speed because now... I'm not a touch typist. I've, I learned to type with two index fingers at a time on a, on a uh, telex machine. And, I mean, so I, I type with more than two fingers now, but I'm not a touch typist, but I can type pretty darn quick. And I, I don't stress over whether or not I've got it perfect because autocorrect, fixes it most of the time, like a huge, gigantic percentage of the time, autocorrect gets it correct. <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing that. That's a, that's a great, uh, great observation. I totally forgot about that. Hey, Andrew, I just had another thought. Because there's autocorrect and then there's predictive text where based on your typing pattern, it predicts the words, the, the three words that you might are try, might be trying to type, and then you can choose the word. With, so you save yourself keystrokes, so to speak, or taps on the screen, I guess it would be. I use the Google keyboard with the swipe function. I used to use uh, swipe, but swipe ends up being buggy every once in a while because they only do one big update a year and sometimes with mac os updates it gets kind of funky but uh the i don't touch type anymore i swipe and i find that to be an extremely efficient way to be able to write uh, i don't use it that way on my ipad pro i'm using the keyboard but on my iphone i'm using the google keyboard the gboard with the swipe feature turned on that's my preferred input on the iPhone. All of those things are fantastic bloody innovations and productivity hacks that are just really, really spectacular. Thanks again for the call-in. <laughs>